Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, July 19th, 2021. On Saturday on this podcast, we talked about an old song. Well, not that old. I guess that's a relative term, but a song from kind of the early days of a lot of modern worship music, Better Is One Day. Well, today I want to talk about a newer song, one that we love to sing at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, called Build My Life. A great, simple song that focuses even on the worthiness of God and of Jesus Christ, and then kind of expresses Uh, that we will commit to building our lives on his love because it's a firm foundation and we will trust in him alone and not be shaken. What incredible and encouraging lyrics. But I want to put a thought in our heads today, hopefully next time we sing that song or uh, other songs that have similar themes, even of Jesus uh, being a rock or our firm foundation, And I want us to look at Luke chapter 6, verses 43 and 49. And here you see the familiar story of the wise man who built his house upon a rock. Except it doesn't quite use the terms like it does in Matthew. um, But it uses that same comparison of building your house on the foundation. But what I want us to notice is what does that actually look like? to build your life. If when, next time you sing, I will build my life upon your love, it is a firm foundation. What exactly are you saying and what exactly are you committing to do? Well, let's see what it says in verse 46 of Luke 6. It says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood came, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. So how can you get to a place saying, I'm going to build my life on your love and I will trust in you alone and I will not be shaken? Well, frankly, you're not going to be able to honestly say those words without being committed to obedience. And as long as we're talking about familiar Christian songs, let's go to an even older song, a simple hymn, Trust and Obey. Trust and Obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You can't really separate those two things. If you really trust God, then aren't you going to obey him? And how could you possibly obey God if you don't trust him? So we want to think, though, that there's kind of the responsibility and the promise in this passage. And the promise is kind of what we celebrate even as we sing that song, Build My Life, right? That we will not be shaken, that Jesus is a firm foundation. And isn't that a precious truth for us to celebrate, for us to thank God for, for us to worship him about, that as we look out at truly a stormy world and we know how common trials can be in our lives, that we can look out um, and say, hey, I can know that I am not going to be shaken, that the, the, the the floods can rise and I will still be here standing, not because of my own strength, 
but because of the rock on which I am building my life. Uh, what an incredible and, and promising thought that as Christians we should celebrate, we should hold on to. But let's also consider not just the promise of all this, but the responsibility. Uh, Singing these songs will do us no good if they are not matched with lives of obedience that express that trust. Again, as Jesus says here, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? It doesn't matter what songs you sing on Sunday morning. If you don't live it out on Monday morning, what good is that? Why do you raise your hands in worship? Why do you sing these great songs if you're not going to do what Jesus says. And again, that should challenge us. None of us can say, oh, I'm perfectly obedient, but we should strive to make that the direction of our lives. And even as you encounter difficulties in life, you should remind yourself, hey, what's going to matter more in this situation than my circumstances or how the outcome uh, you know, turns out? What's more important than all of that is, am I going to obey Christ through this? And that's when when you're faced even with difficult choices in life, it can be encouraging to know, hey, all I need to do is focus on obeying Christ, and then I can know, however it turns out, it's going to be a good thing, because I am building my life upon the love of Jesus Christ, and I know I will not be shaken because of the rock that Jesus is. And so we want to be those people who dug deep and laid our foundations on the rock. So I hope that encourages you today, or maybe next time you sing that song, Uh, but may we all rejoice in the promise of security and stability and steadfastness that can only come through Jesus Christ, but may we also uh, feel a little bit of the weight of the responsibility that we must obey him and show that we trust him by doing what he says. Now, as we think about building our lives on the the rock of of his love, even, that, that made me Think of what we read here in Psalm 85 as we look at verses 1 through 7. And really, this is a prayer for revival, something I hope you pray for often. And I love at the end, you kind of see what this prayer is based on. In verse 6, he gets, you know, right to the point, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Again, I hope that's something we are praying on a consistent basis for our churches, for our communities, for our country. But then we see, well, what is he basing this off of? Verse six, show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. And that's something I think that should be included in our prayers for revival, saying, God, the only reason revival would come is really because of your steadfast love. And even we see in other places, I think because of his mercy, that we should not pray for revival like we deserve it, but we should call out to God for it and lean those prayers on the character of God, that he is a God that is full of compassion and full of steadfast love. So as you pray, even you know maybe for your nation and pray, God, revive us again. Don't say, God, revive us again because we deserve it. No, God, revive us again because you are a God who is full of compassion and you are a God who is full of steadfast love. And God, show us that love as you send revival to us. Next, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. 
And now this passage touches on some things related to Jews and Gentiles and seems focused really towards Gentiles. And probably most of you listening to this podcast today are Gentiles. So there's a sense in which you should take this personally. Um, Just some of the blessings here. Um, Think of what it says in verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Hey, yo, he's talking about you. Uh, You were once far off, but now you have been given access to God in Christ. And there's a lot here, even that some Christians uh, might debate. What's the relationship of Israel and and the church? Uh, And I think You know, we see things that, hey, he has established one man in place of the two. I don't think that means that he's abolished, you know, any future for Israel or that the church has somehow replaced Israel. But I do think when you think of Christians right now, we're all part of one family. It's not that there should be, well, you know, Jews get saved this way and then should be a part of these churches. And then Gentiles get saved a different way and should be part of these other churches. No, we're all saved the same way, and we're all should be a part of the same church um, as we worship God together. But that's not really what I want to focus on in this passage. What I want to focus on for you to focus on is all the blessings that you have, even though you were once an outsider, all the blessings that God has now given you through Jesus Christ. And I love uh, just even... It's a pretty simple, straightforward verse, but verse 18, for through him, through Christ, we both have access in one spirit to the father that now through Christ, you have access to God. And I don't know if you've ever think about like going to a concert for your favorite band or your favorite singer. And because you, but you know, somebody, you know, somebody that works for, you know, their management company, so they can hook you up with backstage passes. And so because you have that connection, you have access to get in and, and to kind of meet the band or whatever. But also you have somebody that, well, they, they know where you're going. So they, they travel with you and they show you, oh, you should park here. And then this is the entrance that you use. And this is how you, how you get in there. And that kind of makes me, I know that's a simple illustration and certainly God is better than any of that. But uh, to think about it this way, we now have access to God, the father. He is the one that we now have access to go in and, and see him and talk to him. And we have that access because we have a connection through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the guy on the inside that, that gives us the access to get in. And then the spirit, that's the one that will, he's riding with us in the car. He's, he knows the way to go. He knows, Hey, park here, take the entrance here. This is how you uh, get in and just think about, you know, think about who your favorite, you know, musical artist even is. Think about how cool it would be to get backstage passes, to meet them and to see the inner workings behind the the concert that they're going to put on. How much greater, I mean, it is not even worthy of comparing the access that we have to God. What an amazing thing that is. I mean, you would probably think it is pretty cool. You'd probably think it's an amazing thing to get access to see your favorite musical artist. Well, how much greater is it that we have access every day to the Father because of Jesus Christ and by the Holy Spirit? So I hope that encourages you as you read Ephesians 2. 
And finally today, let's wrap up in 1 Chronicles chapters 26 and 27. And again, a lot more of organization here. Today we even get into military divisions and the, the gatekeepers and different officials. And again, I think just one good thing to note, even though you might think, oh, these aren't the most entertaining parts of the Bible to read, but you think about what an impressive thing that David built. Um, you know, through the power of God, this nation, how strong it became in preparing to build the temple. And it's a good reminder that great things for God aren't going to be accomplished without hard work and good organization. So even as you think about your local church or things that you maybe have dreams about accomplishing for the Lord, well, they're probably not going to be done without hard work and a lot of organization. But our hope on all of these things is ultimately based on Jesus Christ, our rock. And so let's be faithful to build our lives on him by trusting him and obeying him today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.